Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Just bow down and worship me and I'll give you all of these worlds because I'm in control of them. Was he in control? Yes. But Jesus, if he would have short-circuited God's plan, would have ended up being the ruler over this physical world which is going to be destroyed. And he wouldn't have completed God's plan. You cannot short-circuit God's plan. There's no such thing as instant maturity. In today's message, we'll learn that Satan has two allies, the world and the flesh. He plays upon our flesh with temptations to sin. He tries to get at us through the luring of the things of this world. And at times it can be hard to withstand it, but that's why we must keep focused. We need to remember what God has said. We're not to lean on our own understanding. We need to trust that God is in control and that His ways are the best ways. As believers, we need His grace to walk in what's right. We need to be empowered to reject the lie, to walk in the truth, and to obey the Word of God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 4. As we join Pastor Mark with our continuing study entitled, The Battlefield of Life. The God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So when you're in the kingdom of Satan, what Satan's goal is, is this. Number one, to keep you from hearing the good news, that you could be right with God, that you could change from this kingdom to this kingdom. Much of the world doesn't know that. But even if you hear the good news, he wants to blind you to the truth. So you'll have people with a, you know, Grey Glory concert or, I mean, a, a ministry or Billy Graham or whatever, and, and you listen to Billy Graham and you go with your unsaved friends and you want to get saved at the end of the sermon. It's so good. You, you want to get saved and you go, I know they're going to go forward this tonight. And they go, hey, nice music in the building. Let's go home. And you say, what happened? Satan has blinded their eyes to the truth. And by the way, the greatest deception for the unbeliever is this, that they can get to God without Jesus. The greatest deception. If you stop and ask the majority of people this morning, how are you going to heaven? They'll say, because I'm a pretty good person. They've been blinded to the truth that they're in the kingdom of Satan. You can't get to God but one way. So you and I as Christians, we are to pray for our unsaved loved ones and friends and neighbors. And you don't go say, hey, are your eyes open today? You blind or what? That's stupid. You pray behind the scenes and you say this, God, Open their eyes that they might see the truth of where they're at, what kingdom they're at. How many of you, it took you a long time before you saw that truth? Let me see your hand. Here you go. A long time. Because you were blinded. Let me just state this so you'll understand free will. When God opened your eyes, and I believe he opened your eyes numbers of times in your life, you still make the choice. You see, it's not like, oh, saved. You still must make the choice. He's not after robots. And many reject 
And as we taught in our series on Revelation, during a thousand year peace, when Satan's tied up and then released at the end, people will still choose Satan because they're deceived. Now for a believer, our problem doesn't come from this blindness. Our problem comes from deception and temptation. Just write this verse down. You can look at it later. 2 Corinthians eleven 14. Don't go there because we don't have time this morning. Now, what that means is Satan masquerades as an angel of light. And we'll talk more about this temptation as we get into Jesus. Now, how many have heard this? If you're old as me, you used to hear this. The devil made me do it. Used to be a funny part with that. Remember? Oh, skip. The devil made me do it. Write down three prongs, and I'm going to show you three prongs this morning so that you can see that it isn't the devil. Satan, when he's here and causing you to be tempted and wanting you and I to sin as Christians, is, it comes at us with a three-pronged approach. The first one is Satan himself. The second one is called the world. The world. And by that it means this, the way people normally think and act without reference to God or His Word. It's just the, the way of the world. Now, the ruler of this world is, so he's certainly influencing it. But overall, God, he's the prince of this world, but overall, God is the king still of this world. Nothing happens in this world unless God allows it. So we have the first prong is Satan, the second prong is the world, the third prong is our flesh, the old sin nature. You know what I'm talking about this morning. You know, in some of the theories that we had before that was wrong theology, we'd have people lined up and say this, I have the demon of gluttony. Would you cast it out? Give me a break. The demon of gluttony is nothing more than your flesh. So here's how you destroy the demon of gluttony. Quit going to all-you-can-eat places. <laughs> and somebody gave me a great one. Go on a Chinese diet. Chinese diet is one chopstick. I love it. <laughs> Try that for size. I mentioned two chopsticks and soup, but I like the other better. All right. So what does that mean? We don't want to make fun of our flesh. Because the flesh is very powerful. And by the way, Satan knows where to attack you and I. Don't ever believe you're above being tempted in any area of your life. If so, you're deceived and watch out. Now that doesn't mean I'm afraid. It just means I'm wise. So there doesn't need to be any fear. And Mark, you know, you've talked about all this bad news. Is there any good news? We're left with man in the kingdom of Satan, with the world, Satan, and the flesh. Where's the victory? Well, let's go, if you will, to the book of Matthew quickly, and we'll see what the victory really is. Matthew chapter 4. Now, the reason I'm going to Matthew, not Mark, is because Mark doesn't give us enough history of what really took place in the temptation of Jesus. So, again, when Satan fell, he took how many of the angels with him? What's that lead? How good are you in math? Two-thirds. Is two-thirds better than one-third? So what are you afraid of this morning? All right, number one, God is more powerful than anything of Satan. Number two, there's two-thirds of the good guys and only one-third of the bad guys. And number three, we're going to see that God has a plan for us. So you don't have to be fearful when you talk about spiritual things. Now, you don't want to be light about it, but you don't have to be fearful. You don't have to run around being fearful of what's going to happen. Now, I want you to follow through and, and share with you this morning what the plan of Jesus was. Remember I said that when Satan established his stronghold on the earth, his goal was to thwart the plan of God. Well, the plan of God 
included his son, Jesus Christ. And let's follow this through. Here's Jesus. Now, we told you before, you have to put yourself in the place of Jesus if you're going to picture yourself this morning in this. Later on, we'll be the, the demon-possessed person. We'll be the person that's cast out, the adulterer, the whatever. This morning, we're going to be Jesus. So you put yourself in the shoes of Jesus as we read this. And he's tempted. Now, Jesus is going to live 33 years. We don't know much about the first part of his years. In fact, there's only one thing spoken about him early when he was 12 years old. Other than that, you say, why doesn't the Bible tell us? I have no clue, but he doesn't. So we pick up Jesus here after his baptism. Now, Jesus was going to do basically two things in his life. Many of those things, I mean, much more than that, but basically two things. The ultimate thing that he was going to do, he knew he was coming to live a perfect life and come to the cross and die. Because on the cross, this would provide a simple way for man who was in the kingdom of Satan to get to the kingdom of God. And when Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected, Satan was defeated at the cross. Now you say, why is he still around? Because he's been defeated and sentenced but he hasn't been imprisoned yet. He's coming. It's coming. You don't want to be there when he is, because that's the end. Satan has been defeated, because we're past the cross this morning. So we have victory. The victory is accomplished. And with the cross, here's what Jesus said, I have come to destroy the works or the plan of Satan. So now I don't have to worry about Satan destroying my plan. I've come in the power of Jesus to destroy every single one of Satan's plans. Is that good news or what? It's good news. Some of you didn't get it yet, but you will as we go through. So that's the first thing. The second thing was, that's the good news. Jesus is going to die at the age of 33. Who's going to spread the good news? Well, that was his other purpose. During these last three and a half years, he was going to pick 12 disciples. They were going to learn about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Satan. In fact, one time, Satan used Peter. Remember, and we'll see that as we get to get behind me, Satan. Whoa, what do you mean? You're being influenced. You're about to destroy my plan. So we're going to see going that time that those 12 people are picked. By the way, then all of that plans go to you and I. We are to carry on this good news that there is a way to go from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. We don't have to be afraid of the enemy. We don't have to be bound by the enemy. There doesn't have to be any of that oppression. We can be freed through the power of Jesus Christ. Now, how is that going to happen? Let's take a look. Here we go. Number one, you're going to love this. (laughs) The moment you become a Christian, a spiritual war began. That's exciting, isn't it? Now, why is that? Because you left the kingdom of, and went to the kingdom of, right? Was Satan happy? Not a chance. He hates everyone that he loses. So the minute that happened, you begin spiritual warfare. Look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Now, why was Jesus tempted? Well, basically, he's tempted for two things. Number one, so he could identify with you and me. Wouldn't be any good for a God-man to live here and not be tempted because we could say, you don't know what I'm going through, God. Jesus knows every temptation you go through. In fact, he was perfect in all of those. So he identifies with us, but he sets the example for us because he was perfect, as you'll see through this. And what he really says is you can be victorious 
in your Christian life. Verse 2, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter, another name for Satan or the devil, came to him and said, if, by the way, if isn't right in the Greek, it should be since. He wasn't questioning his authority. We'll see that with a demon next week who says, I know who you are. So since you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. What is really happening here? If you've been fasting for 40 days, would a stone even maybe look good? Sure. We see Satan here, maybe he's a health nut, you know, stone ground whole wheat or something. I don't know what he was doing. But he's tempting Jesus. Now, let me say this to you. Temptation is always attractive. If I would describe you this morning, if you like a hot fudge sundae, and we'd take and I'd crack some macadamia nuts and put it all over the top and some fudge and put some whipped cream and a nice cherry on the top, some of you'd be tempted because it's pretty attractive. Now, if I took something and said, I want to add one other thing, and I took 12 roaches and I scrounged them up and I put it all over the top. Hi, how are you? It's not, not tempting anymore, is it? So don't believe, don't think Satan is stupid. He's still very wise. By the way, he's more powerful than you without God. That's when you try to fight Satan in your strength, you're defeated. That's why Jesus was led into the, into the desert full of the Spirit. So don't believe that when Satan tempts you, it's going to be something ugly that you wouldn't be tempted with. He's going to tempt you with something good. So he does the very same thing there. Now look what Jesus says. It is written... Man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This first temptation, you can write this down, he was trying, say he was trying to get God to doubt, Jesus to doubt God's word. To doubt God's word. Satan was tempting Jesus to use some kind of miraculous powers to feed himself. Could Jesus have taken that stone and made it bread? The best loaf you ever ate. So what he's saying is to Jesus is this, God's forgot you. You've been out here 40 days. He's not coming to your rescue. You ever hear that in your life? God isn't coming. You're alone. He's forgotten you. He's got other things to do. Day in and day out, I believe Satan went to Jesus and said that. Come on, take things into your own hands. You got the ability. Ever hear that? Don't wait on God. Solve the problem yourself. Jesus doesn't use anything supernatural to defeat the enemy during this temptation. He could have supernaturally went, loaf of bread. But he says, it is written. We're always looking for the latest, supernatural, to defeat the enemy. And I believe in the supernatural. This is the most powerful weapon you and I have to defeat the enemy. And that's why the enemy hates churches across the world that teach the Word of God. You look in your paper and you'll see a church this morning teaching that this is false. It's in their headline. Satan is very wise. So what Jesus said was this, it is written. Now how did Jesus know what was written? Because as a young boy, he was in the synagogue schools, and he actually responds to Deuteronomy. Is where he picks it. Where are your children learning to fight the enemy? That's why our kids' ministry is so valuable in this fellowship. And our youth and our junior high 
They're learning the Word of God. Parents, teach your kids the Word at home. So the most powerful weapon, we'll see, prayer gives us the energy to use this sword, but Jesus responds with the supernatural Word of God. It is written. And what he says is this, man can be satisfied with some loaves of bread, but he's going to get hungry again. But I'm telling you, there's something more than the physical to a man. There's a spiritual part that's going to last forever. And that's God ministering to my heart. And that's what this does. See, it feeds you when you come. Second temptation. By the way, don't believe that God isn't going to come. He's going to come. And the second point I have up there for you is this. Rely on the power of the Word of God. Study it. Quote it. Memorize it. Live it. Let it become part of you. Trust His Word. God said He would never leave you or forsake you. He hasn't forgot you. He's going to bring you through. When the enemy comes in like a flood, He's going to bring up this wall. He's going to protect you. God has not forgotten you. And you'll see that God hasn't forgotten Jesus either. Don't act independent. Second temptation is to dilute the Word quickly. To dilute the Word. Look at verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. This brings us point number three that you see in the overhead. Satan continues to tempt. Satan came to him the first time. He, didn't, he got defeated. He didn't stop. Don't overestimate us and underestimate Satan. We'll talk more about that next week. So Satan comes back to him. He says, if you're the son of God, then throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in the hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Here's what Satan did. Watch this. He says, well, I came to this first attack, and Jesus used the word. Okay, two can play this game. I'm going to use the word. And he quotes the word, but he misquotes the word. He quotes from Psalm 91, but he forgets the principle of the word. And Jesus, we won't read it this morning, but Jesus goes back and he says, wait a minute, you're not quoting it right. You're telling me to throw myself off and the angels will come. That's tempting God. I'm to trust God. So he goes back to Deuteronomy and he corrects the doctrine of Satan. By the way, we need a lot of that in the church today. Many people... And by the way, we don't believe we have it all perfect. There isn't any of us that have it perfect. We see through a glass darkly. So, you know, we're not trying to say to you that we're the perfect church. I'm certainly not the perfect pastor. But as much light as I have, I try to teach you. That's what I try to teach you right there. If something sounds a little funny or smells a little funny, it probably is. So be careful. That's why I'm glad you're here. You're going through the Word of God. See, Jesus didn't only know the Word of God. Some of us, you know, we quote the Word. Boom, 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 boom. But we have no clue what it means. Greater seed that's in me than he's in the world. What does that mean? I have no idea, but it sounded sounded good to me. (laughs) See, if it sounds good to you and you don't know what it means, it means nothing to you and you are deceived. Being able to wield the sword is the key. And that comes, and you guys are doing terrific. That comes from Sunday morning and Sunday night as we go through the New and the Old Testament. You see how it applies. You see the principles. You must always compare Scripture with Scripture. You can take a verse out anywhere, put them together, and do stupid things, and believe you're doing right, and you're deceived. So Jesus is correcting Satan's lovely, lovely doctrine. Now, third temptation is this. By the way, don't be foolish and tempt God. When you drive home today, put your seatbelt on. Well, God will protect me. Yeah, but you can end your life shorter if you do stupid things. Point number three, lying. 
Satan is going to give a temptation and he's going to want God to deny the word of God, to deny the word of God. This is the final test. Look at verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you'll bow down and what? Uh, very same thing he said in heaven. I want them to worship me. He hasn't changed. If you will worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You see, Satan came and he was saying this to God. There's an easier way to accomplish God's plan. And here's what it is. Bow down and worship me. Follow me. Remember Jesus' plan? Put yourself in Jesus. He's headed to where? The cross. Now he knows he's going to the cross. He knows it's going to be difficult. Satan says, you want to control the world? Got a plan. Short circuit. You don't have to go to the cross. Just bow down and worship me. And I'll give you all of these worlds because I'm in control of them. Was he in control? Yes. But Jesus, if he would have short-circuited God's plan, would have ended up being the ruler over this physical world which is going to be destroyed. And he wouldn't have completed God's plan. You cannot short-circuit God's plan. There's no such thing as instant maturity. I've been coming here three weeks. I know it all. I had one guy tell me once, I went through the Bible with Pastor Chuck. We spent seven years. I know everything there is. What are you going to teach me? I said, bye. We don't need you here. So don't think that you're going to short-circuit God's plan. Jesus couldn't. Satan always wants you to do that. So Jesus responded with the word. Point number five this morning is this. Keep following Jesus. You're on the winning team. Look at verse 11 as we close. Then... The devil left him. By the way, would he ever come back and tempt Jesus again? Plenty of times. Actually, Luke says, for a more convenient season. He went with his tail between his legs if he has a tail. He didn't do too good, did he? Because of the word of God. No miraculous, no supernatural. The powerful word of God. It says, and he left, and look what happened. And angels, two-thirds, better than one-third, came and attended him. Now, I don't know what he ate. Some people joke, angel food and all that jazz, whatever. He ate something good. He ate something good. Because actually later on, when he meets the woman at the well, he says, my food is not of this world. See, he was already, I believe this, listen, he was already full and he hadn't eaten. Because the real you and I is spiritual. You might be late for lunch today, but if you've caught the Word of God, you're full, aren't you? Why? Not because of me, this church, but because of this. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. By the way, somebody wants to debate whether this is all the Scripture. What did Jesus say? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I'm on the winning team today. How about you? I don't have to be afraid. I'm in the kingdom God. God rules. And I want to let him. We learned today that one of the biggest traps of the enemy is compromise. When we try to appease someone else or smooth over a situation, we often have to use compromise. 
When you compromise your faith in what you believe, it's never a good thing. You see, you can't reject or overlook God's word just to make life a little more comfortable here on earth. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we'll learn how to defeat Satan. You see, we've been discussing the battle that is taking place, the one involving the truth and the lie, the one taking place in the spiritual realm. But Pastor Mark wants to teach us what it takes to withstand the enemy, to not allow him to gain a foothold in our lives. It can be done, just not in the flesh. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.